I carry a log, yes. Is it funny to you? It is not to me. Behind all things are reasons. Reasons can even explain the absurd. Do we have time to learn the reasons behind the human being's varied behavior? I think not. Some take the time. Are they called detectives? Watch and see what life teaches. Hello and good morning. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and the SyncBook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, the 24th of March, and today completes our Treefort Music Fest showcase. It's been fun, and we've been busy. But now it's time to enjoy the party, to get on with the night, and appreciate the music at Treefort. But first, listeners, let me share one last thing with you, some bonus freebies. And here I'm talking about second chance shows and day parties that are totally free. So, of course, there are the Record Exchange Secret in-stores that run Wednesday through Sunday, which they announce the day of on their social media. And if it's cold, this is a nice place to hide out. But I think the weatherman is saying sun and 72, so that's good. On Friday at the Neuralux, the Party Boys are throwing a free Portland party from 1 to 5 p.m., culminating with the Summer Cannibals at 4.20. There's also a Denver party, too, at the Bouquet from noon to 5 on Saturday. And at 5 that same day, you can see Band Dialogue 3 on Grove Street near Alefort. Don't miss the free Apes on Tapes showcase at the Woodland Empire, not far from the main stage on both Friday and Saturday from 3 to 8 p.m., featuring a, a lot of really good bands. And so if you have any scheduling conflicts, this is a good place to start. Uh, St. Lawrence Gridiron is also hosting a bunch of Second Chance shows, one showcase actually featuring an evening of Seattle on Saturday night. These shows run Friday noon to 11 and Saturday noon to midnight and Sunday noon to 5. And uh, there's a lot more information under the news tab at the Treefort website. And don't forget about the Ritzkit Ball Tournament that runs all weekend long at 12th and Grove. It's going to be a fun week. But before all that week begins, we check in one last time to our 42 Minutes Treefort Music Fest showcase. And, and man, we have spoken to some great bands, and today is no exception. In fact, this morning, it's likely that we will shine bright like a diamond of gold. And we'll do so with the best of sisters, that is the Seattle duo known as Sisters, all caps. Sisters exploded onto the Seattle music landscape in mid-2014 as a collaboration between celebrated musicians Emily Weston and Andrew Vait. I hope I got that right. Mostly. Close. Their debut single, Back to You, immediately captured the attention of the Seattle music scene and Sisters quickly hopped onto the lineups for the Capitol Hill Block Party and the Timber Music Fest. Although they've only been a band about a year, they've had quite a dense and intensely successful year at that, as seen in the in the videos from their recent headline show at Numos with the Seattle Rock Orchestra. More information about them can be found on their website at sistersthebandcom Their energy is undeniable and infectious, and their live performances are a captivating lesson in multitasking as they each play keys, synth, guitar, drums, percussion, and tabla. You can see them at Treefort. Friday, March 27th at 10 p.m. at the Neuralux, and it's likely this show will go to capacity pretty fast. And so if you want to get in, you probably are going to have to leave Built to Spill a little early and run. It's really an honor to be having them today, and this is a great way to end this series. How are you guys doing? We're just fine. Great. 
Excellent. Um, I, I see that you're you're playing a couple a couple of other shows around the weekend. Where where else are you playing at Tree Fort this year? I think you mentioned uh, the Apes on Tape showcase uh, already. So we're playing that Saturday. on Saturday at four p.m. And then we're also playing the uh, Second Chance show, uh, the the Seattle Second Chance show uh, at eight p.m. Yeah. Saturday. Saturday, both Saturday. So Friday night at the Neurolux and then 4 p.m. Apes on tape and then 8 p.m. Second Chance show. Yeah, and I was I was thinking about this. This is like you guys get to play a bunch, but then you also have this nice space to enjoy a lot too. Totally. Sure, yeah. We're going to try to do some sightseeing around Boise. Take in some Boise. Yeah, take in some Boise. We've I've en- I've really enjoyed my time in Boise in the past, so we're gonna we're not gonna make the mistake of of not seeing it this time. I've never been to Boise. Excellent. We're gonna enjoy it together. Wait, is it? Do you do you say Boise or Boise? The locals usually say Boise. Yeah. Okay. Boise. Boise. But then everyone else in the world says Boise. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Mos- Moscow. Right, Idaho. I wanna I wanna sound like a local. So I'm going to say Boise. Okay. <laughs> so then have you looked at the lineup at all? Is there anything that you're interested in, eager to see? Yeah, the lineup's great. Um, I'm kind of interested to see Trampled by Turtles. Um, there's I want to see Delicate Steve. There's, there's a lot of great bands playing. Um, a lot of awesome Pacific Northwest. I I saw our my, this band that I, I think... I maybe just saw them play in Seattle a few years ago. Hi Ho Silvero from L.A. Um, they kind of uh, they kind of got people from all over, so it should be a fun time. It, it really is. I'm looking forward to seeing. You know who I'm looking forward to seeing is Lost Lander from Portland. Oh, great! Oh yeah, old friends. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are kind of an an enigma to me. Why Seattle? Why why not Portland? Well, because we live in Seattle. Yeah, no, I, li- I know, but so you both <laughs> <laughs> would be considered conservatory trained musicians. Yeah. 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 Sure. And you both, so you both went to this, the Frost School of Music in Miami at the University of Florida? Yep. University of Miami. Miami, yeah. Okay. And then are you both from, is that the South? Uh. She, it's, it's not even the South. She's actually. from the South. Actually, yeah, we don't. You don't really consider Miami to be the South. Once it's, you're past Central Florida, southbound, it's no longer the South, but the North misplaced. It's like New Yorkers that have fled the cold. Okay. Um, yeah, New New York retirees. Yeah. Old and then I'm actually not from Southern Florida. I'm from I'm from Alaska. and i'm actually from right there is that backwards to you i can turn it around that looks good alaska that's backwards right there yep homer alaska nice (laughs) and then so why did you go to florida to music school um i had a mentor in high school who was originally from southern florida and he he had a good relationship with the faculty there so he introduced us and yeah, it's a great school. Um, so, you know, 
I went ahead and uh, booked a plane ticket and went to school there. Nice. Okay. But so that, that that's my point. So you both graduate roughly the same time. Is it like 2008 or 2009? 2006, yes. six, seven, yeah. Okay. Came to Seattle in 2008. Yep. And it wasn't just you two. There was actually kind of a, a crew. It was a it was a long detached caravan that kind of splintered apart as it as it <laughs> we're the only survivors it, yeah we, we're the only survivors rest in peace um, so um, no nobody died <laughs> nobody um, but uh, no we made it uh, and yeah so we kind of both ended up in Seattle and I mean shoot we were real young just out of college and kind of not knowing what we were doing so like. Emily was doing her thing and I was doing my thing and I think at one point like I was singing in a disco cover band and she was painting houses and then at another point I was kind of recording a full-length album and she was touring the country with uh, Blunt Mechanic, uh, Barsic Records, Blunt Mechanic and, uh, and then we just kind of like bumped into each other again. It was like, oh, you. All those years, <laughs> all those years later. It was like The Notebook. But with <laughs> sisters. I, I did never see that movie. Oh, there's a big, you know. Sure. I didn't see either. There's a big, um, you know, whatever that is. Okay, so then back to my original question. Why Seattle? I moved here personally uh, because I had a good friend here um, from, from Alaska who was already living in Seattle. He had graduated the same the same spring that I did, and he moved directly to Seattle. I moved back to Alaska to work for the summer, and then I moved down here. And um, yeah, my I just kind of wanted something different. You know, I had seen Miami, I had seen New York. Um, I knew I didn't want to live in LA, uh, and I figured Seattle would be a good place to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in music. That's for me. And Emily? I have no excuse. I mean, there's no reason I moved to Seattle. I'd never been here before. We really did all kind of move here on a on Like a whim. almost on a whim, yeah. And then I, I just loved it and have stayed all these years. I think one of my friends in Miami actually told me that he read like in a blog mm -hmm. entry on Rolling Stone that Seattle was supposed to be a cool place to live. And we were like, great. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> well, it really is. I lived there from 2000 to 2003. Yeah. And I, I miss it because there's, there's just, it's a world city. It's beautiful, but then it's small also. And so. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're in West Seattle. So, and, and that kind of, um, it, it looks like the suburbs from like from the downtown areas, but then you get to West Seattle and it's just, it's wonderful out here. It's so beautiful. It's really beautiful. We have amazing parks and beaches and, Views um, for miles. Yeah. There's a taste of California in West Seattle. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like the funky little neighborhoods. Sure. Well, and actually, the um, the Alki Beach, um, I would say, is more actually reminiscent of South Beach, Florida. Than oh, interesting. California. It has a very like nightclub. Yeah, and it's kind of like skeezy but charming at the same time. Eh, yeah, there's some cool art galleries down there, and yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in West Seattle, and it's big. It's really big. Do you have a, a good place to recommend fish and chips to my listeners? Spud on Alki is good. Yeah, Spud on Alki is supposed to be good. And actually, just last night, um, 
we got some good news. And so my wife and I went out to celebrate uh, and we ate at a place called Circa. And oh, Circa's good. Yeah, and Circa. Admiral. Yeah, uh, Admiral in California. And um, I had the bacon wrapped meatloaf because the fish and chips were not available. <laughs> Are you at liberty to share your good news? Yeah, I think yeah, we, can, we can share it. Yeah, we're we're gonna be playing Sasquatch Music Festival. Awesome. In May. Yeah, we just found out last night. We're like the last band added. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and yeah, if you scroll down far enough, you'll see us on the website. Wonderful. Have you guys been to a Sasquatch before? Yeah. 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 She played in 2010 and 11, and I I attended in 2010. Yeah, I think I've. I don't know. There's something so intense about those. Yeah, we were yeah, just talking about totally. that. We were talking about our, like, escape plan. Like staying at a nearby winery and just, <laughs> yeah. like, checking in. Well, so, like, with Tree Fort, it, it's grown into a multi-day thing, but you can go to bed in your own bed. Like, the yeah. idea that you're sleeping in the, on the earth at Sasquatch, and then there's nothing there. We're not, yeah. But not music. Just, yeah. No, we're it's, not trying to do intense. that. And you and you mean there's nothing by music. By that you mean that even when the music's done, there's like the djembe player, drunk, <laughs> drunk and high djembe player playing until 4 a.m. And then his shift gets uh, traded out with like don't stop believing on repeat because somebody like passed out with it on repeat in their truck right. from like 4 to <laughs> 8. And then by 8... Really, things are getting going, and you hear some, maybe some country music. Uh, it's like somebody's up early like making the, bacon and eggs. The yoga people. The yoga people, and then <laughs> and then it starts all over again. Is that that's that's kind of what you mean by music all the time? It's, it's too much for me. I can't listen to me, that much music. Like a day of Sasquatch is more music that I can listen to. So we're gonna kind of you know we'll play we're playing on Friday. And then, um, you know, we'll check out, like, I think Slater Kinney's playing that day, which is going to be rad. We'll, we'll try to go, you know, be friends with them. I'm going to ask Carrie out. Yeah, she's going to ask Carrie out. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> and then, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's just such a great, great lineup. So um, we're really excited. Um, so that's our big news. As in now that you got me thinking about earplugs. You know, so you're you're at Sasquatch. You want to get some sleep. You know, as professional musicians, what kind of ear protection do you guys use? He's going to find his. I, I would been... actually highly recommend these. Um, they're behind my piano because I, I have to admit I very rarely use them, but they're um custom. Holy custom, cow! Custom made. And um, and they, they mold them to your ear. They mold them to your ear, and uh, Mike, yeah, Mike, Microsonic, the clear choice. They're clear. I don't know they, if they meant. Pricey, I don't know right? if they meant for it to be a pun. But these are the ones that I use when I. So I don't always use earplugs, but when I do, they're these. I use earplugs more if I'm uh, going to a concert. Yeah, totally. Than if I'm, I'm too nervous to use them in a, when I'm playing a concert. Like I can't hear well enough. Yeah, they yet. cut out a little bit too much frequency yeah. to be comfortable on stage, but they're great for a concert. Yeah. I mean, so I, that's always been my problem is that you want to go and hear the band, but then you put like all this just foam between you and the band and you don't hear 
the band anymore. You lose so much of the various frequency ranges that it just becomes... And that's why these are so nice, because they cut out the specific harmful frequencies, but they leave in the ones that actually allow you to enjoy the music. They're just a little bit too much for on stage, but for a, for a live performance, for enjoying a live performance, this is, this is the way to go. Okay. Or like just classic, you know... Headphones. Yeah, ear ear muffs. Like you know, you're about to cut down a tree. Yeah, well, that's those pretty well too. <laughs> the kind that you see on babies at festivals. Yeah, kind of like the ones you're wearing right now. <laughs> yes, and I have a baby, and we have those. <laughs> Roger <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Flight of the Navigator over here. It's interesting. One of the th- this show, one of the th- things we like to talk about is patterns and synchronicity and and meanings and stuff. And I think at South by Southwest, the Viet Viet Cong drummer broke his wrist, and so he's doing all these shows one handed. Ooh. Oh. Right. And 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 then I saw somebody on his social media wrote, "Cut it off." Hashtag Rick Allen. Mm, yeah. Okay. Could you I'm guys? Assuming, I'm assuming that's the drummer from from Def Leppard. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Def Leppard was actually my first show. I saw Hysteria, 360 degree stage, the big Hysteria Ooh. curtain, right? Just like in Pour Some Sugar on Me, the curtain drops, and there <laughs> they are in their butt rocking glory. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Could yeah. you speak to one armed drummers a little bit, Emily? Sure. And why do I bring this up? Because I too play with one arm. Even though she's got. I have both hands. <laughs> I most I most often play with one hand in this band because I'm also playing synth bass at the same time with my left hand. Or like cooking an egg, or. Yeah, or you know, signing an autograph. Signing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the thing that I really like about one-handed drumming is the simplicity of it because when you have both hands usually you overdo it you know just because you can and it's nice when i do play with two hands it feels so epic for me like i'm maybe two songs in our set i play normal drum set two-handed and i'm just it's like my triumph it's like taking the hip waders off or whatever (laughs) like you're in the deep end now free yeah But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I sort of play more cleanly and more concise beats because they have to be simplified, Yeah, you know? Yeah, very uh, um, intentional parts. Right. Every every note is kind of planned out. Less options. (laughs) More creative with less options, too. Do you guys ever imagine a time when uh, you build a band and, and take that on the road? Maybe. Or is it fun to limit yourself? You know, like it's, it's awesome to limit yourself. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and and what we've kind of discovered. So we we formed about a year ago. Um, a little more than a year ago now. We recorded our first demo, and we really didn't limit ourselves in the studio at all. Well, actually, our limiting factor was the fact that we were recording to a three eighty eight Tascam eight track mixing console. So we weren't we weren't actually able to do everything that we Sweet. wanted to. Only had eight tracks yeah. to tape. Yeah, <laughs> eight 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 tracks to tape. So <clears throat> we actually had to really kind of plan things out pretty meticulously. But still, we didn't we didn't limit ourselves to what we knew we would be or what we thought we would be able to play live. 
So then the challenge for us came by the way of trying to recreate to the best of our ability what we had done in the studio. And, you know, we lose a, we, we use a looping, um, a looping pedal and we use it kind of only to get ourselves kind of out of a corner if we if we just don't have enough arms and feet to to cover the parts that we want to cover we ended up using it way less often than we thought we would have to. yeah so originally we were kind of talking about being a looping band and like building big big loops up and kind of like chasing the talking heads kind of method of like everything's very repetitive and so it seemed to me like in my head I could see us like building that stuff up from scratch and then um, but the the style of our writing kind of lends itself more to well to what we're doing now which is I would say a lot less talking headsy and a little bit more um, I don't know kind of weird weird far-reaching indie pop as musicians I wonder yeah. about I mean, so looping is this really exciting thing that people can do and experiment with on stage. But I was a music student in a previous life also, and I wonder what that does as far as key signature. You know, it, when you loop, it seems like you really kind of limit yourself as far as what you can do tonally, and it's more about <laughs> rhythm and texture. So yeah. for for us we use it and it just depends on what song you're talking about but for for us we use the looper more to loop sections of songs so that we can bring them and sometimes you know we'll have it set up so that we can actually loop one section of a song and then loop another section of a song entirely like one of the singles that we released back to you we loop the intro and then we loop the first verse and then when the intro happens again between the verses, we just bring back the loop and we play over the top of it. And then when the second verse comes, because the second verse is the exact same thing as the first verse, we bring back the looped verse and then we sing over Harmonize the top of that. Harmonize with it. Yeah, and then we sing over the top of that and add little kind of colors and things like that. Right, and then cut out again in the B section so we can you yeah. know, change the harmony there. So it's always, it's always kind of a, a mix of playing live and, and recording things and playing them back and... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen some looping shows that um, that kind of you know, like the first time you see a looper and you're like, whoa, it's like a magic trick, and then you you know you see Andrew Bird doing it and you're like, wow, he's the master. I want to be able to do it like that. And then you see some looping shows where you're like, eh, this is kind of boring. I've you know, it's like five minutes like, into the song and there's song. there's still no song happening and like he's still adding to the thing and I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but you know, they're out there. And so we decided to kind of be somewhere somewhere in the middle. And we're really we're using the looper as a utility device, you know, just We're for, not writing with the looper. We're, yeah. yeah. It's we're writing the songs we wanna write. We're trying not to be a looping band. Yeah. It's just a tool that comes in handy now and then. Yeah. As yeah, a duo trying to perform really with a fat big sound. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's uh, which is really fascinating because you guys haven't been a band that long and then you look at the videos from that Numos gig that you did last month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you explain or just share that experience a little bit? I mean cuz it looked really epic. <laughs> it was pretty epic. Yeah. Um, well, we kind of walked on stage and we looked out at the audience and we just kind of said, who are you guys? How do you know who we who, are? How, how do you know who we are? 
where did you come from? And they all kind of like cheered and we thought, okay, well maybe they are actually here to see us. Um, so I guess maybe that's what you're talking about or maybe you're talking about the actual performance. Um, but whatever it was, it was a very, it was a very epic night for us um, because there were a lot of people there and it really kind of showed us that Seattle has, um, that Seattle's was the right choice, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I'm and it I guess it also depends on which video you're talking about. Are you are you talking about the cover or are you talking about this the, the back to you with Saul? Oh right. So thank you for reminding me. The cover you did Tears for Fears. Yeah. yeah. Which was great, but Thanks. your guitar playing specifically made me think. Oh my God, you guys need to do Prince. Ooh. People have mentioned Prince to us. I mean it's. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, a bucket list tune for me is, um, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, I'm obviously blanking on it right now. Uh, Helma Bar. Controversy. Yeah. Controversy. I'm thinking something off Purple Rain, though, where he has those moments of just like, like he's such a fabulous guitar player. That he really is, yeah. Um, yeah, and actually, guitar is something that we've brought. I'm really a guitar player, first and foremost. But you studied saxophone. I did. I studied <laughs> saxophone, and they sit very comfortably in my closet now. Um, and you play sax on the EP. I play, yeah, I play a little bit of sax here and there. Um, actually, our our buddies Fauna Shade, uh, are they playing? Yeah, they are. I think they are. Our buddies Fauna Shade are putting out a record. They're from Everett. Um, our manager also works with them, and I played a little bit of saxophone on their album coming up. But um, for the for the most part, I've been a guitarist for the for the better part of my career. And so, you know, we started out and I was I was playing about all of eight bars of a guitar solo in one of her songs and that was it. And so I was, you know, for for an eight bar guitar solo, I wasn't even bringing an amp to shows. I was just plugging directly into the into <laughs> the PA system. And uh, that didn't sound very, you know, it didn't sound that great. So, I've started bringing an amp to shows and and I'm playing a lot more guitar now and I got I got an old silver tone um, you know, from the Sears and Robot catalog from like the the 60s so uh, from rad. a friend and it's yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. So, so, so I'm bringing that out to Tree Fort and um, yeah, so Prince guitar, it's all it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But then there's was it the finale when um I'm not familiar with the rapper, but is, is his name Soul? Saul. Saul. Yeah, it was. It was right. It was kind of nearing the end of our set with, with where we had we did a lot of us of the set by ourselves, and then we brought on Seattle Rock Orchestra, and then we brought on Saul. <clears throat> we met him at Timberfest uh, in yeah, Leavenworth. The, win the Winter Timberfest. The Winter yeah. Timber, and uh, we just thought it would be really cool if he sat in with us on Back to You, and so we messaged him, and he said, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. And we were like, what? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Great. Right on. Yeah. So he came out and did that, and uh, yeah, and then we had the, the Seattle Rock Orchestra Quintet behind us, and they were doing really, really beautiful things, and yeah, it was a really, really fun, special evening. Mm -hmm. And I had just got, <clears throat> I had just gotten back earlier in the week from a, a honeymoon in Thailand. 
So my head was like all kinds of places. We had like one rehearsal. Yeah, we had one one <laughs> rehearsal. It was wow. pretty crazy. Well, could you, Emily, speak a little bit about the Seattle Rock Orchestra and your relationship to it? I mean, what is this thing? Um, it's pretty cool. It's I've been doing it for six years now, and it's uh, it's just how it sounds, rock orchestra. So it's a full orchestra in most cases, you know, like maybe if between – 30 and 50 piece orchestra, full orchestral instruments and, and uh, with drums and bass, electric bass, and then a slew of our favorite singers in town. And our big shows, we cover albums we love, like uh, in May, Abbey Road and Let It Be, mm-hmm. full orchestra, arrangements, everything. Um, but uh, we've started adding smaller groups out of the rock orchestra. So we have a quintet now that's just a string quintet that can go back other groups or play their own set of the singer and drums. And it's fun. It's just like a perfect balance of the awesome things about an orchestral world and the awesome things about the rock world meeting and making music together. Yeah, it's super <laughs> hip. And Emily does a lot of orchestrations for them and arrangements. She arranged all the songs that, that we played. That we played. So she arranged our songs for the quintet. <laughs> a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, I read an interview where you're trying to explain voicing to someone who may not have known anything about orchest- orchestration, and it, so it was it was a great explanation. I seem to remember seeing a video uh, of Deltron Thirty Thirty playing with strings in Seattle. Was that? Seattle Rock Orchestra? Well, most of the players in Seattle Rock Orchestra are also just the gigging string players in Seattle. So it was the same people, but it was not actually related to the rock orchestra. uh, There's like a small Venn diagram of string players. (laughs) The (laughs) string players who play rock music. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's like 20 of them. There's a great great overlap. (laughs) And and they probably perform in the, the Philharmonic too. Yeah, a lot of them are in Tacoma Symphony and in Yakima Symphony. We don't have a lot of players from the Seattle we, Symphony. No, we don't. Seattle Symphony is kind of, that's a really a full-time job. Oh, interesting. So, God, they're so knee-deep in Sibelius right now. They're doing three Sibelius symphonies on one concert. That's too much. <laughs> that's crazy. Look it up. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so then, as people who appreciate music, Sibelius, right? So you have this this other world that you know, you know, who do you like to listen to? Contemporary artists who actually are are doing really interesting, engaging things. You mean classical musicians? No, I'm just saying... Like St. Vincent. Anybody. St. Vincent. Okay. St. Vincent, St. Vincent, we like Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Pretty excited yeah. about the new album. Uh, uh, Tune Yards. Tu- yeah, we uh, love Tune, Tune Yards. Yards. Oh man, uh, you just got that record. Nicky Neck. Uh, Kim got it for me for my birthday. Real nice. It's nice red vinyl. So, um, yeah, just like really anybody who's playing engaging, awesome music, we're into it. Even if we like haven't heard of it, we want to know about it. Yeah. So you know, send 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 it to us. 
Love it. Anything that's well done. Actually, I don't care about the genre. You know, and there's this band out of Brooklyn that I discovered recently thanks to KEXP or the KEXP blog or whatever. Um, Phony People, have you heard of them? No. P-H-O-N-Y-P-P-L, I think. Uh-huh. Or maybe it's spelled out. I can't remember. Anyway, it's real. they have a track called Why I Love the Moon, and I is three eyes, which I think is really interesting for some reason. Um, but it's a really, really cool, really cool track. Does it sample, like, NASA missions? I don't know. I th- what, what I've heard is pretty much, like, straightforward jazz soul hip hop okay. and a lot of, it's actually a lot of just seems like everybody in the band plays jazz and the the singer is really great he has great melody choices and um so i've enjoyed kind of digging into them um there's also locally um i just discovered julia massey and the five finger discount and i can't stop playing her single top 100 so you definitely check that out her voice is like I love good voices, and she's got a good voice. Well, so speaking of KEXP, they do this Song of the Day podcast, which is great because this is one of the places where I find – and so oftentimes artists that they like, they'll have over the years several cuts from them, and they just end up on my computer. And so when I was searching for you guys, I typed in Sisters, and it seems like there's something from 2010. There are a few other bands out there who also, who also go by the name Sisters. Yeah. Not us. No, yeah, not us. Us also. But um, yeah, there's there's a band from the UK called Sisters, and we've actually been in touch with them, and they're pretty <laughs> cool. And then there's another, there's like a gospel, like three, I, I would assume they're actual like sisters. The South. Yeah, from like, you know, Virginia or Carolina or something like that. And they're called Sisters, but they're like a, wor- I think they're more of like a worship band. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other ones, Scissor Sisters, Twisted Sisters. Sister of Mercy. Yes, yep, totally. Um, but you guys are all caps, and so that makes it – I mean, so when you Google Sisters – It makes it all caps. It, well, yeah. it makes it hard sometimes, but, you know yeah. – we're, 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 not, we're not so Googleable. It's gotten, it's gotten easier as we've kind of continued on the path towards where we are and where yeah. we will be. The easiest way it's we're the only one that I know of if you type in sisters the band. Yeah. Yeah. But we do actually and then we get confused with the UK sisters band on Twitter, so then you know somebody'll tweet at us meaning that about them and vice versa and so hope you know hopefully they're taking it in good stride. We certainly are. Yeah. We don't really care. We talked to a band on this program by the name of Triathlon and they were having people wanting to you know, compete tweeting at them, but then they even spelled it wrong on accident, but then it worked out for them because it's a lot more Googleable because they spelled it wrong. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Diamonds of Gold. I, 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 it seems like people don't know what to make of it when they review it, that they, they know that they like it, but then some of that kind of magnetic field silliness... Right, like the music and everything is serious, but there's just this slightly goofiness to it that people don't know what to to do with. 
we're having fun, which (laughs) so many bands just are way too serious and take the whole thing too seriously. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, totally. And that's when we decided to be a band a year ago, we were coming from various places of, of very, like I, I was just ending a relationship with the band that was very serious and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you kind of felt the same way, but it just, it felt like we got together in my basement here in West Seattle and we just started making music because it was fun and not so heavy. Yeah. Know? Well, not just in, in no real immediate strings attached. We hadn't even decided if we wanted to like be a band. We were just kind of exploring our options together and we were just having a great time and recording demos and she records demos on her own like all her songs she had already demoed out at her home and I do the same thing. So then when we got together, it was kind of like we were in middle school again, kind of like fashioning like the, the like jury rigged recording system and like saying, do we have, do we have, do we have enough space on your computer for another track? I want to record one more thing. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I'll go erase this old file. Go ahead. Record. (laughs) Three, two, one, go. And then she's like, do you want me to record some glockenspiel? And I'm like, totally, go grab it. <laughs> so yeah, we were, it made, you know, right away we were having a really great time. And, uh, and it's also been, a, 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 you know, we've, we've both expanded and stretched our, our abilities, I think, as, as collaborators and um, songwriters. So it's been a, just a, all, all around. It's been a real diamond, diamond of gold. <laughs> well so then I'm I'm curious why did you why did you go with is it green the cut one? Yeah. I mean so back to you is kind of the single that you guys spawned initially that we got a lot of attention by. How come you yeah. didn't lead off with that one? On the EP? Yeah. I felt like green was like I mean, it starts with us literally laughing in the right, studio. Right, it does. Sort of welcoming you into what it's like to be hanging out with us. And then we get down to the music. Really. Yeah. You know, it's- <clears throat> it certainly made them. I mean, the track order on a CD. And by the way, if you buy our physical CD, they're not in the right order. Uh, <laughs> it got messed up. <laughs> they got, it got messed up. You know, stuff Interesting. happens. So, um yeah, I don't, you know, especially nowadays, people aren't picking it up at their local record store. They're finding it online. And if they're finding it online, they probably found it via one of the singles or something like that. So we wanted to give what we thought was the best listening experience, which is tough for a five song EP. You can't like, you can't create, you can't create peaks and valleys. You're not putting together. We didn't, we didn't record like our magnum opus it was just five songs that we thought were good enough to record and release. So then we just tried to create the best listening experience or what we thought was the best listening experience. And green just goes by so quickly. It, yeah. It's over what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So who do people compare you guys to like that you, you like, and then that you don't like. Probably it like some eighties, Power stuff like Peter Gabriel kind of stuff. Well, Saint Vincent, Saint Vincent, Tune Yards, um, the stuff we like, Pe- which is nice. Pe- Peter Gabriel, yeah, and then like, uh, I've heard Passion Pit, and I'm not, I'm not so keen on those guys, um, but I've liked kind of what I've heard. Um, who else? I mean, classic, classic, classic dancey eight, disco yeah, stuff. Yeah, eighties stuff. 
And then um, I think Super Tramp I got recently, which was interesting. And then um, have you ever gotten Andrew WK? Uh, You're like Andrew WK's cousin, younger cousin. Uh, I kind of look like him, I guess, is, but I don't think that we sound, really sound like Andrew WK. Yeah. From what I remember of like the party, party, party or whatever, I don't know. Buzzard does have kind of an anthem quality. Yeah, and, and speaking of Buzzard, you know, for, for a, lo- a few years now, I've, I've, been, I've drawn comparisons to Phil Collins, <sighs> which is really interesting because I, I used to have his greatest hits on t- tape but then since then i he i wouldn't cite him even in my top 20 musical influences or top 50 probably <laughs> um but you know I, I i'm white and i sing so yeah i guess you know you play the drums now. there was and i play the drums now so you know the par- comparison was was bound to happen um so and i don't really you know i'm i'm not like terribly flattered or put off that's just a thing that's happened well, we're just about out of time, and for some reason the connection's getting a little glitchy, but what can we expect from you guys? What can we look forward to? You know, when, when do we see a full-length album? Yep, so we're, um, we've, we've got a couple remixes that we're going to release uh, from the EP coming up. We're going to look into shooting a music video for one of the songs from the EP or some, something else that we have yet to release. We haven't decided yet. Um, and then the conversations are, uh, ongoing as to when and where and how we're going to record our full length album, but it's going to happen and hopefully it'll happen soon. Oh, and I've, I've been negligent too. Uh, why am I quoting the log lady? What's, what's the deal with that? (laughs) I did an interview for Stacked Magazine and they did an entire Twin Peaks issue where all the different, uh, women in Seattle and bands that they interviewed were, had to be a different character from Twin Peaks. And I was naturally the log lady. She was the log lady. Because who else could I be from that show, you know? So. <laughs> did you watch Twin Peaks? I watched it after I did that interview. I didn't know who the log lady was when I did that interview. And now I've seen the entire series. <laughs> wow. And I'm really glad that I ended up being the log lady <laughs> looking back. That was the perfect fit. Okay. Well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Sisters on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. More information about the work of Sisters can be found at sistersthatband.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you like the podcast and would like more, consider becoming a member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as monthly online hangouts with the hosts. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash membership. Thanks so much, and there were never such devoted sisters. (laughs) ¶¶